Hey guys, welcome back to Women in STEM. Today we're sitting with Dr. Kirk. She is a professor in the epidemiology. But um, yeah, but really all my work's in the nutritional sciences program. Yeah, and she's taught me in Nutrition 200 and Nutrition 406. So if you're interested in nutrition classes, this is like the perfect professor to have. Um, Today we're gonna basically focus our discussion on nutrition and her journey in the STEM field as a woman. So um, Dr. Kirk, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, like Prop said, I, I'm in the nutritional sciences program. My home department is epidemiology, and they're a fabulous group of, of <laughs> folks. Um, but the fact is, I'm here on the upper campus in Rate Hall, and, uh, and, and I largely engage with the undergraduate students uh, in teaching these big classes. Um, my background is that uh, Teaching started taking over as a real uh, point of focus for me probably 10 years ago, maybe 11. And uh, prior to that, I had a research laboratory. Um, I studied uh, different sorts of chronic diseases using animal models, mouse models. Mm. And I did some teaching during that whole process, but um, then funding uh, basically ran out (laughs) and I wasn't able to get more. And so I switched to teaching and I, I... absolutely have no regrets about making that choice. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did because that Nutrition 406 class was basically like my favorite nutrition class. Great. So, um, like, how'd you get interested in nutrition specifically? Yeah, there's lots of pieces to that answer, but um, suffice it to say that I was an athlete uh, for a long time. I guess I still consider myself an athlete. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, of course. But uh, I was a competitive judo player, and um, judo is a weight class sport. And I got really interested in food and nutrition uh, because I was always trying to make weight and really not re- eating. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, oh, so I read a lot about food and nutrition. And then I had an injury that forced me to stop competing. Um, and so I had to decide what to do next. And what I decided upon was to go back to school. And when I was thinking about what I'd like to study, it just became very, very clear that nutrition was what I should be studying. Mm-hmm. Did you have like a support system in terms of like, you know, you're a woman going to STEM or was it just kind of natural for you to do what you wanted? You know, that's a great question. I, um, when I got into nutrition as my, as my major after that injury, I already had a bachelor's degree in, in women's studies. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Cool. And it was from a large university in Albany, New York. And I had, uh, I had tried to be a major in biology and chemistry and a few other things. And, I, <laughs> and it just wasn't working for me because, ironically, it was all set in these large lecture halls yeah. <laughs> where I didn't feel this personal connection. And I didn't feel, like, um, very capable. But as it turns out, when I went back to school, I actually have a, a my second bachelor's was in nutrition and a double major with chemistry. Mm-hmm. Oh. I went to a much smaller school. And my, my classes, you know, my biochem class had five people in it. It was, you couldn't hide. Um, oh but but the, the support that I felt as a student was just so much greater. And, and so I hope that I bring that to my classrooms as well, because I really feel like the student experience is, is so important so that people can go where they want to go or mm-hmm. follow the paths they really want to follow without being, you know, discouraged. Yeah, for sure. But you teach in such a big class. Like, how do you... It's so ironic. <laughs> it is ironic. <laughs> um, yeah, well, luckily, the information that I teach is so personal mm-hmm. that, um, that I try to remind students of the personal nature of it as we go through the class. Mm-hmm. And I hope that, that engages them. 
Along with pole everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, true. <laughs> I remember I used to come to class and be like, you already like put one up. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I got to get this. Yeah. Um, so can I um, know a little bit more about your motivation to the STEM field? Like originally, besides you being a judo player? Like, yeah, was sure. Other factors? Yeah. Um, so what happened next was um, I went to school, got that degree in nutrition, and then I became a, a dietitian, a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. And um, to do that, you have to go through an internship process. And so that's what actually got me out to the West Coast. I, I oh. did my internship in Portland, Oregon. Nice. Um, and then I started working as a dietitian in the VA hospital down there. Mm-hmm. What was the internship like? What did you I have to do? It's a 10-month internship with, um, you basically rotate through different, uh, what do I want to say, organized weeks of supervised practice. So. Mm-hmm some in food service, some in community nutrition, and then a bunch in clinical nutrition. Okay. Um, do, was there like a lot of people in that program? Were they mostly No, like... uh, most internships are limited to you know, eight to 12, and there were 12 oh. in mine. Yeah. Was it like all men, maybe women? You know, yeah, the field of dietetics is predominantly women. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you like think of any reasons why that's so? Well, I think it grew out of home economics, <laughs> and so that is uh, probably the biggest explanation for it is that, you know, when home ec was around, that was in the, you know, well, right up through the early 70s, I'd say, and there was a real big division that happened even in high school, mm. you know, home ec and shop, right? All the boys went to shop, all the girls, all the girls went to home ec. ec. Yeah. I feel like anything domestic automatically is like a woman's job. It's like, it's just steered toward that it's... Not okay. And no, it's we need to we need to break that cycle of thinking. Yeah. Right. Likewise, for guys who yeah. may be interested in the field of nutrition, you know, don't don't be discouraged. Get out there and pursue yeah. it because there's lots of opportunities actually. Yeah, like in our class I feel like there was definitely many more women than there were men, for sure. Yeah. I just like wanted to discuss with you even that about like the reasons why you think that's so, besides like, you know, home economics and the right culture and stuff yeah like that. so that's uh, yeah that goes that's historical information but yeah. right now what's the what's the current status and the current status is that um, when it comes to thinking about food you know when we go back to our our personal lives depending on how you grew up where you grew up who was responsible for making food and choosing food in the family mm-hmm. and that's going to really instill you know the viewpoint of who should be interested in food then Right. Yeah. It's also a little bit income driven because if you can afford to go out and eat all the time, then you don't need to worry about food and making food choices. You just need to worry about reading a menu. Yeah. Right. But I feel like everyone makes food choices, like mm-hmm. men as well. But I feel like this responsibility of doing it at home is just given to the woman. Yeah. And like, I don't understand that at all. It's like yeah. very unfair. <laughs> yeah, it should be more participatory, right? Because we're all eating the food, and we're all. Um, and as I, as I say in Nutrition 200, we all have a relationship with food. 100%, yeah. Yeah, and so to, to like any relationship, you know, mm-hmm. in order to appreciate all the nuances of it, you really should be trying to, you know, engage in all the steps along the relationship pathway. Yeah, I feel like that's what people don't seem to understand. When they feel like nutrition, they just see it as like, oh, we're learning only about like what to eat, how to eat, that kind of stuff. But there's like so there's like so many underlying factors involved yeah. that people are definitely missing, which is another reason why I think people don't consider it a STEM. Right. But it definitely is. <laughs> Nutrition is, a, is, is fabulous because of that. It involves an understanding of um, physiology. It involves an understanding of metabolism. 
it involves, when you get into higher levels of understanding, uh, an appreciation, if not a really clear, it's, it's built on biochemistry. Mm-hmm. In fact, one could argue it the other way, that biochemistry is really about nutrition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you can find uh, applications of immunology in the field of nutrition. You can find certainly microbiology in the field of nutrition. So nutrition really can be a, a place that houses all of these other, what are considered to be hard sciences. Mm-hmm. And yet, you're right, some people don't view nutrition as a science. Yeah, I know. Like, so I'm, I consider myself a STEM minor. I don't understand why, like, even like the School of Public Health, do they not see it as a STEM minor? Like, is that a th- not a thing? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how to address that one, <laughs> so I don't want to speak out, out of no, turn with the yeah. school, folks at the School of Public Health. But um, personally, I see it as a STEM minor because yeah. of the, the need to understand some of those basic principles of physiology and metabolism, of um, you know, some chemistry mm-hmm. for sure, some mm-hmm. biochemistry for sure. Definitely. I remember the classes that I took, I was like, this is... A little bit more than I can handle, but I'm doing it. But you're doing it. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah. I loved learning about, like, you know, what goes in my body and why and what I need and how much do I need. It just, like, and learning about the different kinds of, like, supplements and stuff. All that was really interesting. And I feel a lot of people don't understand the dynamics of nutrition. It's very... Right. We get... Yeah. Um, it, it, the field, actually, gets labeled, I think, and, and kind of shoved aside as a... It's just something that we do. Of course, we all eat food, and it doesn't really matter all that much what we eat because, you know, mm-hmm. my grandfather lived to he was 80, you know. But, <laughs> but it does matter what we eat because yeah. it, it allows us to perform at an optimal level. Mm-hmm. And whatever that performance is, if it's sports, great. If it's, you know, academics, great. If it's dance, great. If it's not that dance and sport are that different. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, if it's, if it's music, great. You know, anything you can do that's going to nourish you fully, it's going to nourish your brain, it's going to nourish your muscles, it's going to nourish, you know, all your organs. And so it's about not just keeping away from chronic diseases or whatnot. It's about really living life to the fullest. Yeah, I agree. Where do you, what do you think about, like, the future of nutrition? Like, mm. Yeah, where do you see that going? Well, that's a great question because um, <laughs> there's so many different places. Yeah. Uh, so food, <laughs> the food industry, right, is is uh, definitely responsive to different needs and whatnot. And right now, the big need is for things to be really convenient, flavorful, and cheap, mm-hmm. right? So the food industry has engaged in those processes. So it's providing a lot of food that, that meets those categorical needs. Um, but those foods aren't necessarily the best things for us to nourish ourselves. So... There are some folks who are considering, you know, how can we, uh, you know, create more organic foods that are more convenient, yeah. right, cheap, and <laughs> available. But the fact of the matter is that, yeah, it can be done, but are they still any healthier for you just, mm-hmm. by, just because they're organic? Maybe a little bit, but, you know, in terms of that living life to the fullest and reaching your potential because of being well-nourished, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the future, what I'd love to see, actually, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if this is what will happen, but uh, <laughs> you can what I would love to see uh, is, that, uh, is that people build in a little more time or that the food industry creates foods that, uh, that, that are more ingredient-based rather than um, convenience-based. So that you actually do have to take a moment to prepare food. You actually do have to take a moment to handle the food as you're preparing it mm-hmm. so that you can really at least be a little more mindful about what's nourishing you yeah yeah i think that's what people miss out on it's like 
whatever you're eating and doing is supposed to help your body. Not It's also not to consider what other people are eating and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but just looking at like what you need to sustain yourself yeah. efficiently. Yeah. Um, what about the future of women in nutrition or even men? Like, Where mm-hmm. do you see that going? Yeah, ideally, I see it... Uh, you know, it, it just exploding, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because as we were just talking about the field of nutrition, you know, it, 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 can, it can harbor, it can be a home base for all kinds of different disciplines. But um, when we go forward, and this is kind of combining both your questions here, when we go forward, we have to start thinking about systems. Yeah. We have to start thinking about how food production relates to health, right? And how food, when it's being distributed, how that... Um, can relate to you know health or be responsive to changes in the economic you know realities of people. So we have to start thinking about food systems, and that's where I'd really love to see our field head yeah. is to is to kind of engage in systems thinking that allows us to see the how different influences on this whole you know food production system result in different outcomes when it comes to nutrition and health for people. Mm-hmm. So like and kind of breaking the segments down in the production? Breaking them down, but also understanding how they work together. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it's both. It's mm-hmm. both pieces. And it's really a holistic viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that sort of systems approach is being applied to all kinds of different um, ideas. And, you know, most it's most um, popular. That's not the word. Uh, mm-hmm. um, the place where it's been most advanced is in systems biology, for instance where you're applying that same kind of systems approach to see what happens within cells, you know, so that one pathway may have some influence, you know, that's, it's a perturbation or it's a positive influence, a stimulus or something like that. And then the outcome of that pathway changes. Well, mm-hmm. the same thing happens in the big food system Yeah. where there might be, you know, a hurricane, <laughs> current example, right? There it might go. be a hurricane that impacts food production in Texas, but then it's going to drive the price up in Seattle, mm-hmm. right? Well, what else could possibly be impacting that, that food supply chain? Is there a way to alleviate the price increases in Seattle? Maybe it's by getting the same kind of food from other places more and worrying then about distribution mm-hmm. within that food supply chain. Um, you know, or you could think of it as this way. If, if the food prices go up and so there's less of you know, food X being consumed, how does that relate to health outcomes for the population in Seattle then, yeah. even though the hurricane was in Texas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So thinking holistically about all, all the factors. steps. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really important. Yeah. And so those oppor- there are going to be lots of opportunities, I think, to apply yeah. that sort of thinking for men and women that get involved in the field. For sure. And it's, it goes beyond nutrition at that point, too. Like, you can even look at that as, like, you know, management like operations and like that kind of stuff like business gets into this exactly. as well exactly it's like a whole other segment to nutrition that that's right so if you're prepared mm-hmm. though with the 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 lens right the, mm-hmm. uh, of nutrition that's a different type of preparation than anybody else in that field's going to have yeah you have like this understanding of the internal aspects of right. how everything works versus the external which you'd be able to pick up as you go right yeah. So yeah. So and then also the relationship to health outcomes. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest key. Yeah. Right now in our culture, right? Yeah. And the, the rate of chronic disease is so high, enormously high. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes back to food and lifestyle choices. Yeah. What do you think about that? So do you think that's just going to keep going higher as long as people don't understand like what they're eating, how they're eating, where they're getting their food from? I mean, that's what all basically I learned in my nutrition class. Right. I think that um, it seems like 
some things are leveling off, but I think they're leveling off because of um, medical management mm -hmm. of the disorders. And so uh, it's not to say that the initiating factors and the initiation of disease aren't still there. It's to say that the treatment is keeping up with it now. Mm. So, you know, again, part of the reason I love teaching these big classes is that I get to talk to lots of people at once <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about these issues. And I hope that, you know, at the end, some different food choices are made. And, and when you make a little bit of a different food choice every day, or five out of seven days, you know, then, um, <laughs> then it really can have an impact on your health later on. And it's yeah. hard to connect those, you know, pieces that are so far <laughs> apart when you're 20. But, you know, when you get to be 50, it's like, oh man, I wish I had known some of this stuff back then. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can, I can already understand that. And I am 20. So yeah, right. yeah I'm like such a foodie. So I have to just be careful because yes, five out of seven days, I'm <laughs> definitely picking my food, but the weekends it's all about like, all right, which yeah. pizza are we ordering this right. weekend? Yeah, that's the concept of moderation. Yeah, <laughs> right? of course. Um, so going back to kind of like um, your journey through this field, mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to ask you about your challenges, like being a woman in STEM. Yeah, yeah. That's a good question too. Uh, <laughs> so back when I had a laboratory, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, I would go to meetings and scientific meetings and this kind of stuff. and. Um, this wasn't necessarily a challenge, but it's definitely an observation uh, that when I would go to some of the plenary sessions or you know the big sessions where people give talks and everything, rarely was there a woman on stage giving a talk wow. or moderating a session. Yeah. Um, in some of the smaller meetings I'd go to, that would begin to happen. But in the big, you know, twenty thousand people at a meeting uh, place, yes, I know it's starting to happen now. But back then, you know, that was oh, twenty odd years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, it really wasn't the case. So I am happy to see now when I can go to meetings and, uh, and look on the stage, there are women represented, but it's still an underrepresentation. So these are like at the big diabetes meetings and you know the um, cardiology meetings and these kinds of meetings. On the other hand, when you go to a sports nutrition meeting, yeah. <laughs> you see mainly women huh. on the stages, right? And then, um, and then certainly there are men that are present there. So the last time I went to one of those meetings was two years ago, and I'd say it was a kind of a 60-40 split though. Okay, So really encouraging, right? Yeah. yeah. But when it comes down to it, a lot of the information that, uh, that was hot at the time in that meeting was about um, the role of nutrition in college athletics. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot more colleges are hiring sports nutritionists. Yeah. We have two here at the UW. I know. It's yeah, so cool. They, I really, you got I to hear them. Yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, it, but across the country, especially Division One schools, are employing um, sports nutritionists. And by and large, coming back to what we talked about earlier, who gets into nutrition, by and large, these are women. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a place for, for guys to recognize the opportunities. If you want to work in athletics, it doesn't have to be as a trainer. It doesn't have to be as a coach. It doesn't have to be as a equipment manager. Yeah, you there know? are other ways that you can... Absolutely, there are plenty of ways that you can get in. And one of the key ways is that you can influence performance is through nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people always automatically go to like working out or like... Um, training and that kind of stuff, but they skip the whole aspect of the diet, which right. like matters so much. Diet has a huge role. I mean, and, and for reasons that we get into depth about in, in the sports nutrition class, mm -hmm. 406, little plug. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, really good class. I, <laughs> um, 
but you're, you know, you're, the way muscles work, I mean, the whole physiology of mus- muscle activity depends on having proper nutrition. Yeah. And sure. so if you don't take care of that, then your muscles aren't going to perform for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we reach like towards the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you one last question about yeah. what it means to be a woman scientist to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. What it means to be a woman scientist is to employ all of the the skills and the knowledge base and the you know foundational pieces of all the hard sciences because I'm speaking as a, a science as in nutritional sciences. Mm-hmm. So we get to employ all those pieces, those foundational bits of all the hard sciences in nutritional sciences. Um, and then we get to see it in a more holistic way. So that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And thanks, guys, for listening to all the podcasts this quarter. This was Dr. Kirk. And if you're interested in any of her classes, she teaches Nutrition 200 and Nutrition 406. Is that all? That's it. Cool. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.